to Her Fantasy Football. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio slash Her Fantasy Football and on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe to HerFantasyFootball.com and we are done with SiriusXM for the off season. We'll be back uh, here and there. So our regular time is from 9 to 11 Eastern time on Saturday night. So we'll let you know when we make uh, another appearance on there. You can also chat with us on Twitter at HerFantasyFB and on Facebook slash HerFantasyFootball. I'm your host Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Marianne Lee. And sorry, we were unable to record last week. We had some technical difficulties, but we're here tonight to do our little wrap-up show of the 2016 season. Hi. Happy, Happy New Year, everybody. All right, we're, we're 10 days in. New Year's resolutions. How's it going, ladies? Good. Good, huh? I've actually done a, I've actually done a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. We've been... You know, trying to get to my, you know, 10,000 steps slash workout goals, I hired a trainer, um, which I only do once a week, but it was like a deal where it was like 198 for th- six sessions, which is like 33 bucks a session, which is pretty cheap. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Um, and uh, I thought that I maybe have a hernia because of it, but we'll see. Other than that, everything's pretty good. <laughs> um, she's great. Yeah. Severe piercing pain in my lower abdomen. Other than that, good. Good. Uh, yeah. Ashley? I uh, I can't say the same. Mine, uh, New Year's resolutions are actually like one of my favorite things. And because they're so, mine are always so ridiculous. So I try to be realistic this year. Um, to give you an idea, back in 2012, and I actually write my reservations, my, uh, sorry, resolutions down in my phone so I can reference it that like one week of the year I'm going to reference it and I never think about it again until New Year's rolls around. <laughs> um, but 2012, these are, I had 10 resolutions. 10. Wow. And it was be a lady, oh. get to work by 8.30 a.m., <laughs> wash my face every night, Porsche control, go to bed early, break a sweat every day, ask for forgiveness instead of permission, stretch every day, better posture, and no stupid faces in pictures. <laughs> I have failed at all of them. And this year I went from 10 to four and (laughs) the expectation has so drastically gone down. It's work out one time a week, eat fructose free (laughs) 50% of the week, stop cutting my flight so close and get ready for the day 50% of the week. Nice. I'm already failing. Yeah, that's everything, Ashley. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really good. Good job. Good job. Really, um, yeah, that's. Yeah. I love that. Uh, <laughs> well, let's get into some football. Um, but let's start off with your highs and lows for your personal fantasy teams this season, ladies. Ashley, what was your personal high and low? Beating you in the Brad Evans League. Screw that was my you. high. Screw you. That's a fun league just because it's 16 teams and it's a bunch of experts in the Denver area, different radio hosts and such. And um, as including as well as some people in, in his neighborhood, it's Brad Evan from uh, Yahoo's League. And it's, it's really fun. It's an auction. It's, it's, it's a blast. But Corey and I came one and two last year with her winning and I won this year. We were one and two again this year. So that was really fun. My low is the family league. Uh, man, was that bad. 
it was just, I got last, dead last. It was a classic case of like every player got hurt or retired on me because that was a thing this year with uh, Arian Foster. And it's just, there was no hope. There was no hope to recoup from there. High player be Matt Ryan because I got him for super cheap in my auction league and he was so fantastic. And then uh, low, I guess it would almost be Isaiah Crowell just because he was so inconsistent for me and I had really high hopes. Yeah, it wasn't him. It was the team. But yeah, it's I a agree. team. But you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It's hard to use a running back when you're behind every single time. It's hard. All the time. Darn Corral. He's like, oh, everybody on that team is like, I'm sure. Oh. Brandon, what about for you? Well, I won the uh, Fantasy Sports Writers Association Going Deep League, uh, which means that there's two quarterbacks, three running backs, six wide receivers, and two tight ends that you start every single week. That's so many wide receivers. It's so crazy. And so, uh, you know, uh, there are some teams that are starting people that aren't playing or yeah. you know, barely playing. I had a really good team. Uh, I had Kirk Cousins and Joe Flacco. I had Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, LaShawn McCoy, John Brown, Mike Evans, Jeremy Curley, Terrell Pryor, Eli Rogers, Demarius Thomas, Delaney Walker, and Jason Witten. Nice. nice. Is it All basketball format? No, no, no. You mm. just pretty much start everyone. You could maybe have like one person on a bench at each position. That's it. Yeah. So it's a little crazy. I won by 68 points, which is really good. Um, but the thing is, is that that was the league where I traded a guy. I gave him Jordan Matthews and he gave me Jordan Howard. Right. That was good. That was a good move. When, he, when Jordan Howard was down for those two weeks. I was, was like, I, and I, I didn't think he'd accept and he accepted it immediately. I was like, Really? Well, with six wide receivers, you probably needed someone. I guess. <laughs> Jordan yeah. Matthews, though? Anyway, yeah. Jordan Howard's a lot of points. Um, now, listen, I, I couldn't get my misfit family league team to do anything, but the good news is that I was not less. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Uh, I had, speaking of Jordan Matthews, Jordan Matthews, Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman, Devontae Adams, and Jeremy Macklin, and I don't think I played one of them on the correct week the entire season. Oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. And you know all of them were up and down. And then I had Rob Gronkowski. Don't even get me started on that. Mm. Uh, you know, I think my high, even though I didn't win, was my misfit team. I do think because they were my misfit team. And you I were just, second place. I, I grew so yeah. close to them, you know, and I just was so proud of them. I was so darn proud of them. <laughs> that I just I can't take losing as losing. I just felt like I win. I That's won right. with them. Just I won. So I was I was I was very happy with that. And I think losing in the semifinals in the family league to your husband Ashley mm -hmm. was my low because I would have beaten anybody else in the league if I would have played against them except your husband. And I I had a better team. So. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. Well, he lost to your husband by one point the next week. So that's right. That's right. He got what was coming to him. Uh, which team was your favorite to cover this year? And which team are you hoping you don't get next year? I think the Steelers were the easiest team to cover in the league. Um. Yeah, <laughs> easily, easily. Oh, wait, every year. It's Every year, so Steelers easy. are the best. Yeah. Um, except for that, I do tell people never to start Ben Roethlisberger because you just never know. So I'm wrong sometimes when I always say I might be wrong, but you'll never know because when a guy puts up single digits against Cleveland, it's a problem. Right. Literally, yeah, like, it's a grab bag. That's because Le'Veon Bell just like whoop. 
went off. Yeah, and just Ben Roethlisberger is like that. That's who he is. Yeah. The Colts were kind of a downer for me, you know, sort of a depressing team, actually, to cover. Very interested in what they do this over the offseason because something's just not right with them, and it was just weird to even cover them. They weren't really bad fantasy-wise, but they were just in a funk all season, just in a funk. Yeah. What about you, Ashley? Well, it's a tough call, which was my favorite team, between – the Giants, because I only had to cover them for half the season. <laughs> a, or uh, so that's a funny story. So Corny writes our outlines, and she always puts names next to each team for us to do it. And for whatever reason, it's halfway through the season, ending after the bye week, Corny started putting Brandon's name next to the Giants, and neither I or Brandon caught it. And all of a sudden, Brandon started covering the Giants to like the last week, and I was like, "That is awesome." So I guess maybe it's like the Giants. <laughs> um, and then a team I don't want to cover would be it's a tough call between the Jets and the Niners. And I love the Jets, but it's just too depressing for me to deal with. And Niners I never want to cover because the team also just lacks any any oomph, really. I mean, other than Carlos Hyde, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I had to say my favorite is the LA Rams that I covered. Um because you just had one flex, Todd Gurley, and that was it. Kenny um, Britt. And then Kenny Britt was he a was your joy. Favorite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kenny Britt was like a joy um, that I, I just – I really did enjoy talking about. So I think that the although the LA Rams are awful, which majority of my teams were – um, I think I liked, I liked covering them. And I have to say that the Jacksonville Jaguars was by far my low, and I – always cover them so i'm really hoping that next year i don't get them because if i have to say alan robinson's name and like with a straight face to start him i don't know i don't know if i could do it i don't know love he's it on the, he's on the do not draft list for me next year for myself not you guys can draft him but for me it's just you know can't do it can't no do it, no. i can't i can't um, well, let's just go ahead and dive right into our teams, our highs and lows for each of them. We'll go division by division, and we'll just get started off with the AFC East. Brandon, we have the New England Patriots. They ended their season 14-2, and two, not too shabby. No, no, no. Um, Regular season, I should add. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this weekend they're going to be playing in that divisional round, and everyone's already saying they're definitely going to go forward. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm gonna root for them because everybody the else. I've, yeah, everybody else I've rooted for has lost, so I'm rooting for the Patriots. Good for you. I like I'm taking that. one for the team. You're welcome. The highs would be Tom Brady coming back. He ended the regular season with 28 touchdowns to two interceptions, and that's why he is second in the MVP race as uh, as we speak. Uh, but I, you know, I'm with the people. I think that Matt Ryan overall is the MVP. But yeah, sure, Brady was good. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, Rob Gronkowski was the definite low. There's no doubt about it. He ended the season with 25 catches for 540 yards and three touchdowns total. He only played in eight games and only had a catch in six of those and only went over six fantasy points in standard scoring four times all season. You took him in the first or second round. Bummer. Yeah, I mean... Gronk is going to be a disaster for a lot of – was a disaster for a lot of people. Yeah. I'll have to agree with that. And Miami Dolphins. 
yeah, Miami Dolphins 10 and 6. You know what? Okay, I'm going to take it back. Miami Dolphins. I'm done with you Dolphins. I want I'm done with all my teams. Really, <laughs> I had the worst teams ever. But the Dolphins were really bad. Um and that, again, another team that I cover every year. I get the Dolphins and the Jaguars every year. Um, anyways, the Dolphins. I mean, there's no question that Jay Shai was the biggest high of the season uh, for the Miami Dolphins. He had 1,272 yards rushing with eight touchdowns and only one fumble on the season. Um, I think, you know, he was consistent, and that to me is key in fantasy football. Um, my low, you know, I think for where people drafted him, Jarvis Landry is – is the low. Um, he wasn't that bad when you look back at it. Um, but it was just, oh, it's just frustrating. He had so, he had a couple great games that made his numbers look better than they were. Seven points for a guy that you draft that high, I just don't think is enough on a, a weekly basis. So for me, he's my low. New York Jets, 5 and 11, Ashley. I mean, I don't know where we even begin to say there's a high anywhere on this team. <laughs> I mean, know. I guess from my initial high was when Matt Forte got signed. So I was like, yes. I know. He had some good games too. Yeah, but then that didn't work out. You know, I guess kind of a Nunois, kind of Anderson, sort of, because there's potential there. We don't really know. It's kind of possibly a trap, whether, you know, it would be Marsh. I don't know. I mean, the lows of the whole team, as I said, you got the whole Powell Forte debacle that's not only was throughout the season in terms of, you know, who's going to play, who's going to possibly play on next year. Marshall sucked due to injury, we hope, but still rough all season long for you. And the quarterback nightmare was just, you know, the icing on the top of a crap season. Yeah, I have to agree. Let's finish up this division with the Buffalo Bills, seven and nine. Um, high, obviously, LaShawn McCoy. Yes. Duh. Um, but I have to say, overall, Tyrod Taylor is my high for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from LaShawn McCoy. He's the high for our lives, right? I mean, he's love. We're good. But Tyrod Taylor's performance was under the radar. He ended up seventh for quarterbacks in fantasy football for 2016. And he might lose his job next year, which just like blows my mind. I mean, minus zero sense. It makes zero sense. I don't get it at all. Best player on the team. So, I mean, it's just crazy. And he did the best without his number one wide receiver for most of the year. I mean, it was just, I mean, it's just crazy to me. It's just crazy. The talents there use them properly. I hope that their new coach, Mr. Sean McDermott, um, will uh, come in and actually use Tyrod Taylor the way that they should. He is from the Carolina Panthers and, you know, Cam Newton, similar style quarterback. So it's possible. Um, my low for the Buffalo Bills was Mr. Sammy Watkins. He missed eight games this year, and the games he did play, he had five um, with less than five fantasy points. Oof. It's mm. just, you know, and we drafted him, you know? So it's just really hard tra- trusting to draft him again, um, unfortunately. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the AFC West. All right, Ashley, those Kansas City Chiefs, 12 and 4, division winners. Yeah. I mean, the obvious high is Tyreek Hill. Hey. Obviously. Um, he was the 11th highest scoring wide receiver on the season in standard scoring. 
That kind of surprised wow. me because it was really by week 12 that they realized what they had on their hands with him and they actually started to focus on him. So he got almost 90 of his 156 points on the season in that six week span. So that's when they really started to use him, which is really encouraging and exciting for next year. Um, so he was my positive high. My low, I would say, was the running back kind of woes of Jamal Charles. We weren't really sure what to do this year because he was going to come back. Mm. That never quite came to fruition. Then you had Spencer Ware, who only had four games in double digits all season long. So he didn't quite produce as you were hoping. But with that said, he did still come in as a 16th highest scoring running back. So he was still an RB2 for you. But more than likely, you were drafting him as an RB1. So that came in as a little bit disappointing. And then Jeremy Macklin, I, that production just was absolutely nowhere. Grand, there was injuries and games missed. But you drafted him to perform much better than he did for you. And it was just a really rough season for him. Remember when I called Alex Smith rushing touchdown? I did. Yeah. Why? Because he's on my misfit team. I think there's a chance the Chiefs could take the Patriots. <laughs> I, I do too. So too. I do mm -hmm. too. But I'm, I'm not gonna say saying, it. Actually, I, I don't. I don't. Falcons, <laughs> Chiefs, Super Bowl would be so fun. I don't even know who I'd cheer for. I'd be so happy. Diggity. It would I just know. be fun. I'd be, be like, fun. hey, I just enjoy this game. Thank you. I like I just it. like everyone just thinks the Patriots is a is a, a gimme. I don't know. It usually is. Come on now. I mean, it usually it is. is, but I don't it's know. Bella I don't shock. know. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Come on now. Uh, well, it won't be the Oakland Raiders who finished their uh, regular season 12 and four, lost the first round of playoffs. For those of you that missed our Sirius XM show, we had Richard Matthews. Yes, the Richard Matthews on the show. And it was so fun. It was a really cool interview. Um, but one of the things that we asked him on air beforehand, which he was even more adamant about, but on the air, he was pretty adamant as well. Watching that Oakland-Houston game just ticked him off. And it yeah. ticked everyone off who's a fan of a team in the AFC because it was such a waste of everything that we have. It's just, uh, anyway. And the problem is, is because Oakland Raiders with Derek Carr. So, uh, but the highs though, we'll start with that. For the second year in a row, Michael Crabtree has scored more fantasy points than Amari Cooper in both standard and PPR settings. Just like we told you, if you actually use the Her Fantasy Football cheat sheet, you probably got zero Amari Cooper and a lot of Michael Crabtree. And that's because we ranked them rather close to each other because we didn't understand the huge discrepancy in between what rounds they would go in. So, yeah. I mean, listen, You're welcome. everyone gets some things wrong, <laughs> but we definitely got that one right. Yeah. Um, the low, again, Derek Carr breaking his finger in week 12 first, actually. With the, you know, that dislocation, quote yeah. unquote, was nasty. Mm -hmm. And then this week, you know, uh, you know, and then he finally, after the season, admitted, once he realized that he wasn't going to come back, that it was actually a broken finger. It wasn't just a dislocated finger. It was all a bunch of garbage. It clearly wasn't the same after that game, and he didn't clear 260 yards for the remainder of the year then a season ended in week 16 obviously with that broken leg now i mean uh, listen uh, connor cook was not the answer oh. but neither was matt mcgloin i mean it just was ugly the whole thing was disgusting uh it's unfortunate because uh, listen I, that could really affect the player right long term because he played so poorly but like who wants their first starting game to be in the playoffs i feel for him yeah, actually it was so just a for him. big bummer I, I, he had no business being in that game and it was sad because he could 
be fine. I mean, a lot of people really liked Connor Cook coming into the season. Oh, I thought you were talking about Brock Osweiler. Oh. oh, yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. That's we're the, not there yet. Brock Osweiler was the first quarterback in 2017 <laughs> to win a playoff game. Gross. It really bothers Brandon. It, like, it shakes her to the core. Mouth. Think uh, about that. That's the kind yeah. of gear we're talking about. I hope the players on the Bears, like – found pictures of, of Derek Carr's finger and like posted it up on Jay Cutler's locker being like, this is a finger injury. I don't know. I'm just throwing it he, out there. He was on a rotating bike thing. So he was fine. He was fine. He was good. All right. The Denver Broncos nine and seven. Uh, the high for me, you know, as a Bronco fan, I really don't have a high. Um, we didn't make it to the playoffs. We struggled offensively, obviously. Um, uh, but I guess if I had to pick one, um, I think it would be game one. Not not one person. I can't pick a person. But I think <laughs> in game one, beating the Carolina Panthers again, you know, the Super Bowl yeah. 50 rematch, I think was a big high. It made it seem like we were going to have a really good season. You know, yeah. that's a good it, way It made start. you hopeful. You know, and it made just, you hopeful. Yeah. 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 It made, us, it made it feel good. So it was just nice to, like, you know, say we have a new quarterback, you know, whatever, and we can still beat you. So um, we didn't know that was going to be the end of the Carolina Panthers for 2016 too, but I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was all a thing. Um, my low, obviously the running game for the Broncos was embarrassing. They clearly lost their number one running back CJ Anderson in week seven, but even Anderson had three games out of his seven um, under eight fantasy points. So so bad. Wah, wah. Devontae Booker clearly struggled behind the lead back in uh, uh, in his rookie season. He's tied for the lead in fumbles. Not impressive. Um, other than fumbles, he doesn't make the top 25 in anything else. So that's not good. Justin Forsett came at the end. Um, but now that Kubiak's gone, I'm guessing Justin Forsett's going to be gone next year too. So, uh, with that said, Vance Joseph is the new head coach for the Denver Broncos. He is the former defensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. Former defensive back coach uh, for our home uh, CU Buffs. Mm -hmm. um, he also played for the Buffs. Um, and obviously, John Elway only hires people that have either lived or played in Colorado before. So um, it should incredibly be important. incredibly important. Incredibly important. I love how important. on Facebook people are like, oh, he's, you know, he's one of our CU guys. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I am devastated by this hire. I don't want to hear you try to spin it in a positive way because we live here in Colorado. Mainly just I'm so upset about Wade Phillips that he's not going to be retained. Yeah, just, we don't like, really. I mean, could be stay healthy, but we don't care about you. It's Wade Phillips we're upset about. Let's make it clear. Wade Phillips is, is it will most likely be gone. Uh, <sighs> I'm still hoping for a change. I'm still hoping for that not to be true. Uh, Wade Phillips might uh, be the head coach for the LA Rams. So. I'm going to start calling Prepare him yourselves. the Josh McDaniels point two. That's what he's going to be. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, that's All right. Sad. San Diego Come Chargers. San Diego Chargers. Five and 11. I would have rather seen them in the playoffs than the Oakland Raiders this year. Oh. Because of Derek Carr's injury, obviously. Well, wow. the Chargers, it's it's 
not official, but official, but not official that they're moving to LA. It's official. It's not official. Yeah, they're going to be in the StubHub Center. It is not official. They have not sent the actual letter to the NFL stating that it will move. They've notified right. owners. Uh, they've made phone calls, but they have not submitted the official paperwork. I've tweeted about it. But it's not. That's why I said it's official, not official, official. In terms of it's not technically Twitter official. is how we do official news now. Sure. That's but it's not. The documents are not in place. I'm a literal person. <laughs> it is not <laughs> official. Four years. He can still change his mind. It's depressing because yes. they're going to a city that clearly has proven to not necessarily show up in numbers for the NFL. And now we put two teams there. Two teams there. So nice. Should be nice. Should, should be in planning. Planning. Yeah, and two really good teams right now too. So. Um, Oh, the Chargers have a chance. My high was Melvin Gordon. He was the eighth highest scoring running back, even after missing essentially the last four games of the season with an injury. So that's how well he was doing all season long. There's only two games all season where he did not get double-digit points. Only two. That is so fantastic. And I also love that he came out of the season with two rushing touchdowns after none in 2015. And, you know, preseason I said he's going to bounce back. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. This was another, thank goodness, one of our calls uh, that was very correct. I had Belvin Gordon in a lot of leagues. I was targeting him to do well. So um, he did. I think he's going to do great next year. So that's my big, big, big high is I really like Melvin Gordon. I feel good about it. Now, my lows was Melvin Gordon getting hurt. Hmm. That was obviously very sad. And then Antonio Gates being for the fact that he ties the all-time touchdown record for tight ends, which a tie is still great. But now it makes it so confusing for what's going to happen for next year. He says he's going to come back, and it's not just for the records because he wants to play, but it caused kind of a really you know, confusing tight end situation. And if we look at how it fell out through the rest of the season, Antonio Gates scored 94.8 points and was the 10th highest scoring tight end in standard scoring. Hunter Henry was one point less at 93.8 points and the 11th highest scoring tight end, which makes it virtually impossible for you to even remotely guess which tight end is should, you should start. So... With Gates coming back, it's just going to make it even more murky, and I'm just oh, it makes me sad. But I do want Gates to get the record. I just want him to get it this year. He Hopefully. should get it and then retire. Retire, retire Foster. Like, yeah, like Harry Foster, just do it. But Andre he says, Johnson. but he says that he that he's talking about the record that he wants to play next season. He is such a slum over. I love him, bless his heart. But you just mm -hmm. like feel. I mean, he he looks sixty out there compared to those young he guys. He does those young bucks. It was young bucks, those 20-year-olds. <laughs> um, AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers, Brandon's favorite team, 11 and 5. Easiest team to color you cover. You want to start Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown? Always, always start Big Ben at home, never away. And it's actually e easy to color, too. I mean, it's, you know, diamonds and a circle. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Eli Rogers is all uh and and one of their tight ends if you're in a, like a serious pinch, but like it's literally the same every week. It doesn't matter about the matchups. The lows would be Ladarius Green, though. I just you guys, why? Yeah, that didn't pan out. 
something's just not right. Now, supposedly yeah. he's practicing and out of concussion protocol, but then he went back into concussion protocol. Concussions are huge deals, you guys. And remember the preseason where the weird, like he might be retiring, he might have headaches. And then like a month and a half later, he came out and was like, I don't know where that came from. I didn't say that. It's like, why are you telling us now? What? Yeah. And then it was an ankle. And then I, anyway, listen, he had one huge game with 110 yards and a touchdown in week 13 versus the New York Giants. But that was his only touchdown on the season. He had two decent games of 67 yards and 72 yards, but that was it for the year. I don't get it. I just don't get it. No. All right, the Baltimore Ravens, eight and eight. The high, the only person who really played on the team, Mr. Justin Tucker, yeah. 2016 MVP, should be. His agent uh, says, what's up? He's just taking a break from interviews right now, but we're getting him. Yeah, we're going to get him. Uh, the next kicker after him in fantasy had 24 less fantasy points than him. But my biggest high, I think, overall was the surprise of Mike Wallace as a Raven. Mm. He had over 1,000 yards, something he hasn't done since 2011. He didn't finish the year well, but I, I saw you, Wallace. I saw you. Potential. Mm -hmm. A team that did not look great. Um, it was nice having a Wallace. It was like a Kenny Brett. You know, it was just like a nice little pick-me-up. Yeah. Uh, my low, I think my low for the Ravens is Steve Smith uh, Sr. possibly retiring. He says he's retiring, but I don't know if he really is. Um, I think last year I said the same thing. Steve Smith, and, and then he came back. So I, if I think if I put it out there, he'll come back. He'll come back. Come back. We will build it. You will come. All right, Cincinnati Bengals, six, nine, and one. I really struggled with this one. I was like, what could be high for this team? I mean, I guess Brian LaFell oh. for being – a pretty solid wide receiver two slash wide receiver three in in good matchup weeks. Uh, he was the 33rd highest scoring wide receiver. So it surprisingly was higher than I thought he would actually fall. Uh, and I, this is my one where I create like a medium category because it's not high. <laughs> it's not a low. Uh, and Andy Dalton, because he's the 12th highest scoring quarterback. Um, which Better than you think. Yeah, nothing to write home about, but he finished in the top 20. Uh, sorry, nothing to write home about, but that is just what Andy Dalton does, right? He always falls right outside of the top, right, where you want him, but he's just right below it, just just in the medium. Just I think that's pretty good out. being without Giovanni Bernard from a large portion of the season. Large portion of the season. AJ, AJ Green. Green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but still, at the end of the day, he fell out of the top 10 quarterbacks. I'm saying it's not a low. It's just like, yeah, I just want to acknowledge it. You do, you're doing you, Andy Dalton. Tepid. And then, yeah, tepid, lukewarm. Um, and then Hill, you know, I guess nothing to write home about with Jeremy Hill, but he Ugh. finished in the top 20 per usual, which is what we say he's going to do every single year. And every year he does finish in the top 20. So again, lukewarm. My lows were as Tyler Eifert and AJ Green injuries. Green went out in week 11, which was rough as he had finally started to, you know, string some good games together in a row. But prior to week seven, it only been one good week two okay weeks, wash and repeat. This is basically what was going on there. So uh, that was frustrating. And obviously for Tyler Eifert owners, you were waiting for him to come back, comes back, does okay, and then gets hurt again. It was just really disappointing. Oh, disappointing. Unlike the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. One in 15. Kind, 
Is it odd to say they exceeded my expectations while still having a 1-15 score? No, I completely agree with you. I think that they right? continued to play with hearts. I, I actually yeah. kind of enjoyed their games. Yeah. I, I, I did not hate them. I would actually say I enjoyed covering the Cleveland Browns this year. It's because of Terrell Pryor. If Terrell That's Pryor why. wasn't on the team, we would not be saying It's that. true. But, but Terrell Pryor brings a special spark light. to the team. Yeah, yeah, he does. He really does. And he makes everybody else seem better. Um, than they actually are, and well, he made likeable. the game seem better. Yeah, than they actually were yeah. too. So it's, yeah, yeah, agree. That's why he's my high because my oh, Terrell Pryor <laughs> stud prediction came true finally. That's he right. went three he years played, in the making. He started sixteen games and went over a thousand yards with a quarterback revolving door. Good for him. And I would say another high is when they beat the Chargers. It was like a twofer for us, right? Because yeah. the Chargers, which yeah. you know, we're Broncos fans, so we're like, yes, beat the Chargers. And they kind of finally got a win. They deserved it, you know? They deserved see, it. Three. See, Rod Streeter, it only took Terrell Pryor three years. You can do it. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. You can become a wide receiver too, Rod Streeter. Uh, the low no, would can't. be no, can't. that no team should have to play five different quarterbacks in a season. No one can yeah. build on that. And I hope that Hugh Jackson has a really big, nice draft this year because um, he's got to ride the ship, but it's hard. They have they need so many pieces. And I'm sure when he got the job, he was like, listen, I'm going to need at least X amount of years to get us out of this hole. But I don't know. He may have underestimated. Uh, did you see the meme about uh, the Clemson championship? Um, it shows the quarterback, yeah. and it's like, that moment when you win the you know national championship, and then it shows another picture. And that, that moment when you realize you're going to be a Cleveland, Cleveland Brown. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. It's like oh. so I think if Hugh Jackson get his hands though on a quarterback that can stay upright, I think he'll be fine. God, the last thing he needs to do is draft another quarterback, trade for one or something. Get one that has some experience, right? That's not RG3. I think they need to draft from. that defense. That defense is just putrid. Just bad, right? I think, they need, I think they need a little Tyrod Taylor in their life. They need Ooh, a lot of stuff. That's Let's saucy. Ooh, can you imagine Tyrod Don't Taylor? Don't wish that on Tyrod Taylor. But think Don't of Tyrod like Tyro and Tyrod. and Tyrod, man. It could be good stuff. You guys couldn't even say it out loud. So magic. It, it's not magic. magic. Uh, what was not magic like, was the five games, Courtney. Yeah, yeah maybe. Five games of Doubt magic. It. Come on, that's way too much. Yeah. Come on. Uh, what was not magic was the AFC South. Hey. Houston Texans, nine and seven, won the division. And a wild card game. And What's so dollar. interesting is that Coach Bill O'Brien, <laughs> his job is still on the line despite I winning. I know. I can't uh, believe that. It should be. You know what? They, they, yeah, you won in a horrendous division. You got a crap team. I mean, the whole Brock situation has been out of control, but allegedly it's because the front office and him don't necessarily get along or see eye to eye on the Brock dilemma. So I'll be intrigued to see how that plays out. Where, where does he fall on it? He doesn't want to play Brock. I don't the front know. office wants to I play him, right? I'm guessing. Oh, I'm sure, he because he yeah. spends much money. Yeah. Um, well, I would say that the last time I heard that story was when the 49ers idiotically got rid of her Harbaugh. You don't have to be friends. You know what I'm saying? Get it together. 
Yeah. So it's, it'll be interesting. But my high was Lamar Miller. Unquestionably, um, you know, when he made that transition, we all felt pretty good about it because we're like, as long as they use him, he should do well. And he did well. He was the 17th highest scoring running back on the season. He averaged a little over 19 carries per game that he actually played in. I mean, he was a workhorse. I mean, he was one of these players that you at least knew he was going to get nearly 20 touches every game. He wasn't someone that's like, oh, he's going to get 11. He's going to get, you know, 12 touches. No. He, he just he got the mm-hmm. workload. He did the work he needed to do. And he probably would have been a little bit higher, um, you know, if he could have stayed healthy in some games. So big, 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 big uh, upstart Lamar Miller. Uh, my lows is a tough call between Brock Osweiler which also kind of falls into my highs because it was just so entertaining. So good. I was surprised your high wasn't when Savage came in. I mean, everybody booed or everybody cheered because I felt bad. But everybody did you? I did feel bad. I did feel bad. I stood up and I literally got up and I cheered as well because I put myself in that in my in their shoes, right? Because especially like now that we do this, and sometimes we get like completely blasted on Twitter, and I'm like, people forget that we're people. You know, and I'm like, people forget he's a person. I'm like, I can't even imagine having millions of fans cheer for me to get pulled. Oh, heartbreaking. Well, you know what? You shouldn't have gone for all that money. You should have gone for experience. Yes, he should have. Why wouldn't Why? he? Because this is his chance to get the money. Yeah. Isn't I about winning money. the championship too? He's actually. No, he doesn't care about that. He's not going to win a championship. Oh, he's Brock Eisweiler. He's not going to yeah, win a championship. He's, he's, he's and honestly, he won a championship. He wasn't the starting quarterback. That's but he right. Has a Super he Bowl ring. He, he has a he Super Bowl ring. He has a Super Bowl ring and a playoff rent win. Wow! Stop it, you guys. You I would have taken that money. Nauseous, nauseous. He's sitting cush right now. Are you kidding me? He's going to be a backup quarterback. He's got a bunch of money that he's saying on this guaranteed money. He's going to still have Huge. his brain intact to hang with his family when he's done as a backup quarterback. That's bigly right. right there. He's sitting pretty. He is sitting right. pretty. Anyway, between, it was a tough call between him and DeAndre Hopkins, just completely doing horribly, who we thought was quarterback proof until Brocky Brock comes along, which really <laughs> debunked that theory. Um, he was the 36th highest scoring wide receiver. And that is certainly not where you drafted DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, that was a huge disappointment. Uh, luckily, he was bad pretty much from the start. So we were able to tell you not to play him pretty early on. So that should have at least somewhat salvaged your season. But it was rough. Rough. All right. They did have us Colts 8-8. Eight and eight. Frank Gore had another 1,000 rushing yards. Yeah, he did. Unbelievable. You're uh, in, you're out. is the first back to do that at 33 years old or older since John Riggins in 1984. It was his ninth career 1,000 rushing yards season, which is the fifth most in NFL history. And you know what? He's Frank Gore. Hall of Famer. Right. Do you remember early this season when I said Hall of Famer and you laughed at me? And I'm like, I'm, how would he not I'm be? Still get, because people ignore him. I know, but and you know what? all the stats indicate he should be a Hall of Famer. I keep saying that Matt Ryan is the Frank Gore of quarterbacks, and I stand by that. And I'm not quite sure either of them, no matter what they do, will Frank get anywhere. Gore, Frank Gore is like the state you forget when you're naming the states, and you're like, oh, right. I'm missing one. Um, yeah. No, I got, I got both Dakotas. <laughs> I got both Carolinas. Yeah. You know? And then you're like, oh, Frank Gore. I think I always miss things like Kentucky. Yeah, Appalachia. That's a really good one. Kinda, it's right in the middle. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's tough for me. Anyways, uh, we can I'm with you. Let's not offend anyone. Right. <laughs> Frank Gore is the Kentucky 
when you're trying to name things and you're from the West and it's in the Appalachia. That's okay. Listen, I, I live in New York. Most of my friends cannot name the states that I, I lived nine years of my life in. I forget things like Idaho even sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a I'm tough like, one. Hmm. Tough one. I have a friend who wrote a play about Nebraska and brought it into my Playwrights Collective. And um, she initially thought that Nebraska was in the South. So when she wrote it, she was listening to Southern accents like in her head, you know, like I was like, they don't know. She's like, yeah, I Googled it. And I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> I mean, they say Warsh and stuff like that, but it's not Southern. But like, you know, it's all about where you live, right? Because I, I mean, Nebraska, I know exactly where that is. But to her, she was like, yeah, you know, Nebraska. It's <laughs> funny. It's just funny to me. Anyway, um, the low would be the Colts. <laughs> Which, by the way, I I would say Indiana is one that sometimes I mm -hmm. forget about. Indiana as well. for sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. The yeah. Colts uh, <laughs> were not a good football team, and it was painful to watch the actual games. I think that was actually the low point. I, for as I said, kind of earlier with the teams I don't want to cover. You know, it's weird because they actually put up the tenth most total offensive yards in the league, but their defense gave up the third most yards in the league. So they just couldn't win on a consistent basis. Andrew Luck was always under pressure. He put up a ton of fantasy points though, but man, you know, it reminds me of like during the Peyton Manning days when he couldn't win a championship or they couldn't even get to the playoffs and it was like they just didn't have a defense and you know Peyton just had to do everything it's kind of where we're at it just wasn't as fun to watch the games because I was nervous yeah mm. anyway, there you go all right Tennessee Titans nine and seven well hot damn this whole team the whole team but Richard There's Matthews, who was the 15th highest scoring wide receiver, uh, was fantastic. And again, we had him on the show, and he was just such a delight and just so wonderful, which has made it even mm -hmm. better. Um, and then DeMarco Murray, who was the fifth highest scoring running back, only three games all season where he did not score double digits. Again, that's one less than Melvin Gordon, but still fantastic. And even Delaney Walker, who was, you know, in terms of tight ends who didn't have some huge games, he was still the fifth highest scoring tight end in the league. So, again, all great things there. Now, the low is obviously when Mariota got hurt. That was fractured fibula. He suffered a week 16. It was just brutal to watch. That was just such a low because this team had such potential. And you sit there and you're like, oh, it could have been them. It could have been them. And their quarterback goes down. But that's football. You know, we'll get hurt. Yeah. Um, but we wish best of luck that he comes back, recovers quickly, and that this team, I'm just excited that they just have a really bright future ahead of them. Absolutely. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, 3-13. and 13. Highs, absolutely none. I mean, come on. That's <laughs> silly. That's absolutely silly. There's no high there. Uh, but you have a new coach there in town. Uh, supposedly Doug Maroon is the head coach. Tom Coughlin for executive VP, I do have to say that is a high for 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, my lows, obviously, where do I begin? The whole team deserves to be here. I really mean everyone. Blake Bortles, Alan Robinson, Alan Hearns, Julius Thomas, TJ Yeldon, and Chris Ivory. But I think the biggest letdown uh, has to be the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, actually, if we're going to be honest here. All preseason people were talking about how amazing the Jags defense was going to be. And then they, you know, at the end of 2016, in, in 28th place. Yeah, mm. bad. Mm. They just didn't get the turnovers. They were actually good at stopping people. They just could not get the deep turnovers. 
Packers. Well, in fantasy, we need points. And they did not get us that. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't draft the Jags offense because we thought they were not going to have a good year this year because the Jags defense was going to be so amazing. Obviously, that's not a case. Uh, with that said, the defense is not at fault for how awful the Jags are, right? Not sure. at fault. Um, not a running back, wide receiver, or tight end was in the top 25 for their position. That's impressive. Blake Bortles, of course, did fine <laughs> because he's a junk point quarterback master. Mm. Um, but that's he's garbage. Yeah, it's, there's, there's, I don't know. So, uh, NFC East. Moving on to the NFC. Brandon, the Dallas Cowboys, thirteen and three. All right, Ezekiel Elliott rushing for a league-high 1,631 yards, and Dak Prescott leading the team to a 13-3 and record. That's some really good drafting in one year for the Dallas yep. Cowboys. So that's definitely the high. Yes. And the low would be Cole Beasley, sad, not scoring a touchdown after week 11. They shifted sharply over to Des Bryant, uh, you know, and – I understand, but man, that sleeper bit the dust hard. Sad. Sad. New York Giants eleven and five. So when I cover this team, sorry, I was like, you guys, <laughs> like, uh, you guys both want to take an opportunity <laughs> to really talk about your highs. Our highs. You, know. you both can take a turn. Touche, <laughs> 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 touche. Um, OBJ. And the defense were the highs for me. Now, people, some people were actually upset that they didn't think Odell did as great. He was still the fourth highest scoring wide receiver. So if you're complaining about that, you've got a problem on your hands. He did great. He was but he good. was on a boat before the playoffs. Uh, things I don't care about. He's fine. Seriously. And I love anytime any player is doing something bad, somehow Justin Bieber's name gets thrown into the mix. Have you noticed Every this? time. It's yes. like the, the Biebs is just like around, you know? Yeah. I, he's, I really need to see like it's that he, or Johnny football. One of them is in the room. Right. Know, but why can't he be where I want him to be? You know, like next to Belichick on the train when he's sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Does that Belichick is, sleep on the train? Did you not see this Does picture? He take the train? Yeah, there's a picture of him and his uh wife and they're sleeping on the train. Um and some someone took a picture of it. And ESPN contacted them to use it. And he, the guy was like, you cannot use my picture. You started the whole deflate gate business. And basically told ESPN to F off. Literally, I believe he even told them to F off um, because of deflate gate. And wouldn't let him use the picture. And so it was somehow referenced a different article about it. It was, yeah, it was showing up Belichick. But it's moral hilarious. story is you did not see Bieber in the background. Because that's okay. you know, not hanging with Belichick. Um, so that was my high. And then again, said the defense, fifth best defense. They really improved. They had a really great defense all year. Um, you know, they're out of the playoffs now, but still you know, impressive. I was happy with it. And Sterling Shepard, he is promising. So he was really great from week nine on scoring in all but three games in that time period. So I think he's another really young, fresh receiver. That's going to be really exciting for this team and really nice compliment for OBJ. Um, so that's really exciting. Now, my lows is what are we going to do about that running game? Mm. Mm. Jennings is not cutting it. And Perkins, he shows some promise, but I'm not 100% sold either on him. So to me, it's just a little bit. Mm, I don't know. Uh, all right. The Washington Redskins, 8 7 1. 
highs, uh, Deshaun Jackson's rebirth at the end of the season. He went over 100 receiving yards four times over the last six weeks of the season. He is the only wide receiver in the league to do that. Hilton and Nelson had 300-yard games in the last six weeks, but still... It's Jackson that stands alone. Yeah. You, buddy. The lows would be when Jordan Reed punched that Carolina safety Kirk Coleman in the face and got kicked out of the game. Uh, unstable. Not a great moment. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I mean, I was like, that's that didn't happen. I mean, you know when you're like watching something and you check in with yourself, like that's not true. And you saw it. You saw oh, it with no, your own it eyes. Was true. Oh, it was true. But so good. It's kind of like Still when uh, what's his name? Was it Kelsey who threw the threw the flag too? And you're like, did that just happen? Yeah, that yeah, just happened. That. that just that, that definitely just happened. Yeah, not cool. Not cool. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles seven and nine. My highs. I feel like this is the team with no stars. Do you know what I'm saying? I really wasn't disappointed mm-hmm. by any of them. Enough to throw eggs at their house. So. After just covering the Jags, you know, this says a lot. The Eagles defense continues to impress me. Two kick return touchdowns, three block kicks, three defensive touchdowns, 10 fumble recoveries, 16 interceptions, and 34 sacks. Seattle is owned in 30% more leagues than the Eagles, yet the Eagles had 24 more fantasy points than the Seahawks. Pay attention, people. Pay attention. Defenses matter. Defenses matter. Uh, Tell that to Vance Joseph. Yeah. Well, he's a defensive coordinator, so. Yeah, but he's firing Wade Phillips, so clearly he doesn't get it. (laughs) Doesn't get it. Ashley will never recover. I can't can't let it go. I can't let it go. I can't either. Um, This is, uh, this to me is a team that is a work in progress. And if Mm -hmm. you're hoping for a true sleeper out of this bunch uh, week in and week out, well, that probably they didn't deliver for you, but I think they did just fine. Like yeah, all of them did just fine. I'm not going to give any of them a low. This is the misfit team of the NFL. Eventually, they will get it together. So um, no high expectations, so they didn't let any of us down. NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks, 10-5-1. and one. So Tuck Baldwin had another solid year. It was not a one-hit wonder, and that was refreshing. Because I wasn't sure. I wasn't fully in on the Doug Baldwin bandwagon, which a lot of people were, and they were right. Um, but just historically, with the way the Seahawks play ball in their offense, I just wasn't 100% sold on it. So I didn't really – actually, I'm sure I did have Doug Baldwin in like two of my five leagues, but usually I have someone a little more consistent than that. But, you know, I mean, he was a 10th highest score wide receiver and only had five mm-hmm. double-digit games throughout the season, which is a bit erratic. But either way, he was able to get it done when he needed, needed to get it done. So – Overall, I'd say that's a high. Also, Jimmy Graham had a bit of a bounce back year, finishing as the fourth best tight end in the league. He is matchup dependent now. Uh, but heck, in a tight end position, you'll take any kind of certainty that you possibly can have. Nothing to write home about, like compared to his, you know, glory days with the Saints. But in a tough position, mm. I'll take fourth. I'll take that. Mm. My lows was the running back roster. I mean, first was Christian Michael, who actually did not do that poorly, but then he was released when Thomas Rawls came back, who did worse than Michael, only having one double-digit game in seven weeks. Hmm. Bala. I feel like Thomas Rawls was something that people were still pretty high on, and when you look at the stats, there really wasn't a reason for it. 
Well, he's back he's, now in the playoffs. He was a baller last week. I know, but that's the, but that's the thing. He's got like one baller game, and then it was like, literally, if you look at his stats, it's, it's, it's it wasn't great. It was not great. So, and and maybe I'm still just bummed from Marshawn Lynch. And I'm just comparing people, but that could be too. You can't compare to him. He has no peers. He has, he has no, no peers. peers. Did you like that meme? He's I Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh, Arizona Cardinals <laughs> seven, eight, and one. All right, David Johnson is obviously the high here. 15 Woo! games at at least 100 yards from scrimmage. Would have been 16, but he sprained his MCL in week 17. Eek. <laughs> now, luckily, he's not going to need surgery in the offseason as injury is the best-case scenario kind of situation. He had a lot of touches this year. So hopefully he can have a successful follow-up season, although it's something to watch, actually. It's very rare for that to happen back-to-back. He had the seventh most rushing yards in the league, 1,239. The absolute most receiving yards, 879. And the absolute most touchdowns, 20 of any running back in the league. Boom. Bala. Bala. Um, weird things to note. Ezekiel Elliott had the most rushing yards on the season, by the way. But Jordan Howard, a fellow rookie, had the second most, even though he didn't start seeing significant playing time until week four. And then LeGarrette Blunt scored the second most touchdowns on the season, which was 18. Uh, second most receiving yards was Le'Veon Bell, uh, even with his third three-game suspension. And the third was James White, if you can believe that. Yeah. Which is really weird. But my point here is that David Johnson dominated, like dominated in all of those those phases. So it's crazy. Uh low is definitely John Brown and sickle cell trait just destroying this year for him. I feel bad. Yeah. You were you were super depressed about that one. Yeah. Los Angeles Rams, four and twelve. Uh listen. We kind of touched on this earlier. If you needed a flyer in the middle of the season, Kenny Britt was by far the best option on the Rams. Five games with 10 or more fantasy points in standard leagues from week 6 to week uh, 13. So fantastic. And uh, this was his first year over 1,000 yards in his eight years in the NFL. So congrats, Kenny Britt. Woo. Exciting. It's very exciting. Way to do it, man. Um, I know it isn't much, but for the Rams, it's everything. So we will definitely be the high. I'm pretty sure that most people that drafted Todd Gurley um, didn't win their championships. Mm-hmm. And they uh, will definitely agree with me when I say he is the low. Um, he clearly had his sophomore slump um, on a team that were freshmen, you know, to the city of with big lights. I mean, it was just – it was really – it was all too much. They had – you know, the show before the season. Um, it just, it, it, it did not turn out well for them. Over 200 yards less rushing and four less rushing touchdowns for Mr. Gurley. He did manage to make up some of those yards receiving, but still not using the red zones in the passing game. So AP added 400 yards rushing from his freshman to sophomore year. Jamal Charles added 800 yards and seven touchdowns from his freshman to sophomore year. Sean McCoy nearly doubled his total yards and did double his touchdowns from his freshman year to sophomore year. Yes, I looked all that up. And Bell had over 900 yards more and three touchdowns from his freshman and sophomore year. So, Yowza. More recently, David Johnson went from 581 yards to 1,239 yards and doubled his touchdowns. 
20 touchdowns this year, people, for David Johnson. Uh, so David Johnson's my high for the LA Rams. Well. <laughs> 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 San Francisco 49ers, 2-14. and 14. Uh, we ended on a positive note. I like it. Because <laughs> uh, there's not a whole lot of positive coming out of this team. My only high is Carlos Hyde. Obviously, he's the only positive on this team. Uh, and then my lows was honestly the distractions about Colin Kaepernick that took away uh. from the actual crappy play that was happening on the field. <laughs> you know, um, but oddly enough, Kaepernick finished 25th in the league, which is higher than I thought he was going to finish. But it isn't for the fact that he actually didn't even start playing till week six. That's right. I mean, he's he was got a stud. He could have finished, you know, 20th. Still not a starter, but is what it is. Well, I mean, he was this... when he was playing. What? A starter. But, I mean, like a fantasy football <laughs> starter. You're not yeah. going to start him in your lineup. But there's a couple games. Yeah, you do. I mean, I started was... him in my lineup in a lot of leagues. Yeah, but only for a couple weeks, Brandon. You weren't consistently playing Colin Kaepernick. Just saying. More 20-point games than a lot of the other guys people had on their team. Eli Manning. Boom. Just saying. Boom. You heard that. Why would you play him when you can play just comes up short Andy Dalton? Hmm? Yeah. It's true. It's true. It just comes up short. Just, just comes a little short. Just a little short Andy Dalton. Um, so it just was distracting, you know, and it wasn't needed. We, had, we already had enough uh, issues with this team as it was, so that was my low. NFC North, the Green Bay Packers, 10-6, and six, by far the best team I covered this Woo! year. Uh uh, but I'm not a fan of the Green Bay Packers, so it was really unfortunate. Oh, I um, There are a lot of highs for the Packers, but I think Jordy Nelson coming back and being the second-best wide receiver mm. in fantasy is something to celebrate. He did get injured in the playoffs, but we're not talking about playoffs, people. Playoffs? Playoffs? Playoffs. Um, only 0.4 points away from Evans in standard scoring. He isn't a spring chicken, though, you guys. He... He will be 32 going into next year, but with a stat line of 100 or 1,257 yards and 14 touchdowns, it will be hard to not continue to draft him super high. Yeah. My low, the Packers struggled uh, in their rushing game, which I think has been a little bit of a consistent thing here in this outline. Um, Lacey struggled before he got injured, and Starks couldn't cut it as the lead back. Montgomery came in, but he was a hybrid, and he even struggled. Christian Michael had one good game. They need to focus next year on legit running game, and I think Christian Michael could be uh, the future back for the um, Green Bay Packers. Minnesota Vikings, 8-8. Eight and eight. So my highs would be kind of how do we word this an unexpected better than average mediocrity from the re the receivers on this team so adam Thielen, stefan diggs and kyle rudolph they all proved there's a chance they could actually maybe do something in the air because this has just been historically a rushing team with ap why would you um but rudolph was the third highest scoring tight end which is great Thielen 30th which made him a wide receiver three but he came on really strong at the end. And then you got Stefan Diggs, 44th, which is nothing to write home about. But you know what? There's at least potential there that I can get somewhat excited about. 
My lows would be Adrian Peterson and Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt. So sad. And what makes it even more sad to me is now we have a quarterback competition on our hands between Bridgewater and Bradford, where they have said that Bradford has earned the starting role. So I'm, it's just sad, right? And then they fire, do? they fire their quarterback coach too. Yeah. Which I thought was really yeah. weird. I was like, yeah. Mm. And Sam so, Bradford had the highest accuracy rate in the league this year. Yeah. I mean, Bradford like looked like a different quarterback with the Vikings jersey on. Still not good. I mean, he, I mean, he literally was a different quarterback <laughs> on some of the websites. But I mean, <laughs> on the field, he too looked like a different quarterback. But I'm just, so I don't know. I'm just so, so bummed, you know, because like Bradford, I mean, I guess he earned himself a starting job, I guess. But at the same time, Teddy Bridgewater, he's so loved by the team and by the community. And when he got hurt, he was just so awful starter. and devastating. I know, but then it's like sad because then he outs out Bradford, you know, so it's just like a sad situation in general. Hopefully um, they'll trade Bradford or Bridgewater, one of the two, whoever they decide, so they get to continue to play. Well, and, and I guess the Browns are looking. The question also <laughs> too is then what do we do about AP? Right? I mean, because people and Drop I said him. it and I, I said it, you know, it's like he's not coming back. And Brandon's like, No, he's coming back this week. And I'm like, No, I know he's coming back, but he's not coming back. Like, and he was bad his first three games. And I just don't know what we do about him. I mean, he had 3.1 points in week one. With only uh, and and again, it's not like he didn't get attempts. He had 19 attempts, and was only for 31 yards. In week two, he had 2.6 points, and he had 12 attempts for only 19 yards. And in week uh, 16, he had 0.3 points, and that was 22 yards off six touches. So, has he lost a step? Is he still hurt? Is it purely a shift in the offense on the Vikings? Like, what is going on here? I don't know what to do, and I can't tell you to draft him. Like, you just can't. Well, sad. Detroit Lions, nine and seven. The high would be Zach Zenner. Yeah. You heard me. Uh, his late season emergence. Where has this guy been? I don't understand why they have not been playing him. So over the last two games of the regular season, he became this DFS force, right? In week 16 at Dallas, he carried the ball 12 times for 67 yards and two touchdowns. And he also had two catches for 25 yards. And in week 17, he was at home against the Packers and carried the ball 20 times, but only for 69 yards and a touchdown, caught four passes for an additional 41 yards. Double-digit touches is what you want to see. And more importantly, he played in 64 of the team's 66 offensive snaps and no other Lions running backs saw the field in week 17. He is the guy. And by that, I mean, in, last week against um, uh, Seattle, they went away from him, which was silly. He carried the ball 11 times with 34 yards, but he caught all six of his targets for 54 yards. I don't understand. He was basically their entire offense. They couldn't get anything else going. I hope Zach Center gets an opportunity to play next year. We'll see. Uh, and then the lows. Uh, listen, we looked a little silly as a fantasy community regarding Marvin Jones. Now, actually, uh, it was interesting because we all got to be right, though, right? So there were people in the preseason who said he was going to be definitely be the wide receiver one, and they drafted him really high, and it was crazy. And, and at the beginning of the season, it looked like everyone was a genius. Right. But Jones didn't score a touchdown after week six. And in week six, Tate caught eight passes for 165 yards and a touchdown. And from then on, it was just Tate's job again. 
it ends up he was just hurt, everybody. So the good news is that those of us that thought maybe he was going to be a bust ended up being right. But really, the people that thought he would be a stud were right at the beginning of the season. So maybe we all win. Aww. We turn a low into a high, Brandon. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Are we all lost? Mm. Right. I well, there's well. Yeah. Well, definite losers were the Chicago Bears 3-13. Oh. and 13. Yikes. Uh, Jordan Howard finished the ninth running back in standard fantasy leagues. Bravo, my friend. Um, for an undrafted running back in a year where he lost a lot of players to injuries, Howard was their savior. So uh, not much of a guy in PPR, but he had uh, 1,313 yards rushing and six mm -hmm. touchdowns. So not bad for a guy that really didn't start playing till week four. My lows, you could not name a guy uh, here and not say Jay Color. <laughs> Having seven turnovers in just five games is pretty impressive, if you ask me. I mean, well done, Cutler. Well That's done. Philip Rivers territory right yeah. there. Yeah. He also averaged 210 <laughs> yards passing um, and less than one touchdown a game. So... Yeah, I mean, slow clap there, real <laughs> slow clap. I mean, that's don't that's hurt your finger. Don't hurt. Don't hurt your finger though, Court. That, don't hurt. Your, don't don't do that. Don't do mm -hmm. that. Uh, gotta love him. Uh, yeah, the finger injury that never existed will always be my favorite. Um, I just it's something special. Jake Color, you are about that. I absolutely. I'm a big conspiracy theory person, but this is true. This one's true. I just know it. I know it. H and aliens is true, and Jay Cutler oh, faking God, his injury. I know that one's not true. Um, all right, let's move into our last <laughs> division, the NFC South. I can't decide what's worse: ancient aliens or life before people. That life before people. I haven't seen that. Yeah, life without people. I think or life after people. That's what it is. So it's like basically oh, so it's like. Okay. Yeah, like the city is abandoned. How long it takes for like the building to be overgrown by weeds or something? It's like it's, what a stupid show. If people aren't here anymore, <laughs> what does it matter? All, there's so many things. What does it matter? People aren't here anymore. Something terrible happened. Like it, the world doesn't exist, or nuclear war, or something crazy. So we don't know what the conditions would be for this plant. Anyway. Moving on. on the, the Falcons. Falcons. <laughs> the Falcons. <laughs> Speaking of things that might be futuristic. Um, listen, I, you know, I think that the highs is that I think they're a very good football team. And I think it'd be fun if they made it to the Super Bowl. We'll see. Yep. I don't know. But Matt Ryan is definitely a high for me. He finished the season completing 27 passes for 331 yards and four touchdowns against the Saints. That pretty much sums it up for me. Boom. Uh, Devontae Freeman was uh, a workhouse back who was incredibly good in football. But unfortunately, he's in my lows. Why? Tevin Coleman. Uh, listen, uh, Freeman rushed for 1,079 yards to Tevin Coleman's 520. He got 54 passes for 462 yards to Coleman's 31 catches for 42 yards. And yet, Coleman scored 11 touchdowns in 13 games, while Freeman scored 13 touchdowns in 16 games. And imagine if all of those were Freeman's. Even it's half true. of Coleman's. No, but even then, it's show. still a no, That would be a good show. What yeah. would happen if Tevin Coleman <laughs> left the Falcons? 
Life after tough and cold. Then it'd be like a Freeman, David Johnson showed yeah, out. That I'm point. just telling you guys, it drives me up the wall. Yeah, up it's frustrating. Wall. Boom. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, nine and seven. Cameron Bray was obviously the high here. A guy that I called at the beginning of the season when I said what? Austin Safarian and Jenkins, they're letting him go because they had such confidence in Cameron Bray. And they should have. He was the sixth highest scoring tight end on the year. Uh, and I think he's got really good chemistry with Jameis. And I think a lot of really good things to look forward to with him. So make sure you keep him on your radar for next year. Mike Evans was the highest scoring wide receiver this year. Granted, Brown was held out um, for a week. But you know what? I, I will still give credit where credit is due. So congratulations to you, Mike Evans, for the highest scoring wide receiver in standard scoring. Uh, you know, he had another good year. So, And he seemed to improve a little bit on his dropsies. So yeah, yeah, I'll take that. You totally did. I'll take that. So my lows was Roberto Aguayo being drafted, oh. <laughs> the kicker. Um, so the Bucks moved up in the second round to get him, as we talked about in preseason. Such a it was such a Cleveland Browns move. <laughs> it was such it a Cleveland Browns. It was a Browns move, but it wasn't Courtney. It was a Buccaneers. Move. I, know. I know. And you know he left Florida State. <laughs> Having connected eight grand college football, but at almost 97% of all of his kicks, but, which was the yeah, best. But for college, it doesn't matter between college and But it was the best players. conversion rate of any kicker in college football history. You should have felt good about drafting this guy. Now, do you feel good about drafting the second round? No, you don't. Silly. You certainly do not. But you know what? He should have done better, but he didn't he did not he was 22 or 31 field goal attempts he was uh four for 11 on kicks of 40 yards or longer um he was his longest was 43 yards and this it was interesting because it made the bucks the first nfl team since 2010 to go for the whole season the whole season without hitting a kick that was longer than 45 yards mm -mm. it's just bad so I feel brilliant. I, yeah. And I have to mention a kicker somewhere, right? Although you brought that was brilliant. So. Roberto. Second round. Uh, that's going to be a trivia question. So <laughs> remember that name, people. Uh, New Orleans Saints, seven and nine. Brandon. Drew Brees is the easy answer here. You know, he led the league again because it's all he does with 5,200 passing yards. That's the second most yards he's ever thrown in his career. And that makes 11 years straight of at least 4,000 passing yards. It's incredible. That a boy. But really, Michael Thomas was my favorite new player in the, in the league completely his season was unbelievable and if the cowboys didn't exist uh, thomas and jordan howard would be the rookies of the year let's be honest they had incredible yeah. seasons by the way michael thomas four catches and at least 40 yards in every single game this season he is the only wide receiver who did that in the national football league wow. impressive. there you go Lowe's would be, um, listen, we were lower on them than every other analyst out there, and we still were not low enough. Kobe Fleener. Mm. Mm. Did us mm. dirty. And like mm. one of our listeners actually wrote him was like, see, I told you he'd be a bust. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we know. We, we ranked him low compared to everyone else. Imagine having someone else's draft sheet. Because he was ranked high. Yeah. 
high. And I had him like eight or nine, and that was still like way lower than everyone else. Listen, he just didn't he couldn't get it together. But to be honest, he was still the twelfth highest scoring uh, tight end in the season. And that's because tight ends are terrible. Not They're bad. Being They're terrible. not bad. Mm-hmm. 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 All right, uh, Carolina Panthers six and ten is gonna finish up our show. The high for me, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I have a high for this team. It was pretty sad after finishing up their Super Bowl run, uh, doing us dirty like they did this this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did us dirty because there's some people we invested in, aka. Uh, Cam Newton, and I'll get to him in a minute with my lows. But Greg Olson. Brutal. <sighs> brutal. And you know what's even more brutal is that he was the second best tight end in the league. And I just have to say, you know, this is why tight ends shouldn't be in fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, just want to put that out there. Uh, I mean, it just <laughs> the end of the season, two, five, eight, eight. Three, four, three, three. I mean, ooh, ooh, and that that you have to put on your team it makes makes me sad. It, it makes me sad. Um, my low, yes, though overall would be Mr. Cam Newton had a total of nineteen fewer touchdowns than he did the year before in twenty fifteen. Mm. Nineteen fewer. Uh, I was super high on him, too. I will say I was wrong with Mr. Newton this year. Um, I really liked him, but not so much. Blake Bortles, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, and Jameis Winston all had more fantasy points than Newton this year. So when your top five quarterback, most people, top three quarterback, um, could barely make it in the top 20 at the end of the year. It's not a big low. It's a pretty (laughs) big low. Well, you guys, we got through all of our team's highs and lows for 2016. Hopefully, we will not have to repeat ourselves come the end of 2017. Um, So lots of improvements, lots of changes are going to be happening this offseason. We will try to keep you up to date. Um, We'll let you know when our next podcast will be, and uh, we will continue to do ones um, sporadically throughout the offseason and start back up regularly in July. So um, keep clicking on us. Keep following us on Twitter so you know what we're doing this offseason. Again, at her fantasy FB. Until and Snapchat. Next. Maybe we'll snap a bit on the offseason. Snappy whap. Brent Ashley's really in the Snapchat. She had Demarco Murray and Richard Matthews follow her on Instagram. It's a thing. So Ashley's going to get on social media this offseason. That's her um, fifth New Year's resolution. <laughs> and uh, it'll be all good. Um, but I hope you guys have a wonderful uh, rest of your winter. We will probably be back in February at some point, so we'll, we'll let you know. Um, but cheers to you. Until until next time, no more faking it.